Alright, legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, etc., dude, okay, etc. Little bit croaky this week, guys, coming at you live here on a Thursday morning. A rare Thursday morning record here at Get Around Me Studios, aka my bedroom, okay? Yes, it is a real studio, Back off. It is the last time I'll say it, dude. Okay? It is the last time I'll say it. But yeah, croaky this week. Lost my voice completely this week. And really, if you're Billy Darcy and you don't have a voice, I personally am struggling to see what purpose you serve on God's green earth. Okay? I'm milling around trying to justify my existence in complete silence. Okay? I am a straight white male. I must be heard at all times. It's weird. It's weird not having a voice. I'll say that. It is weird not having a voice. And this, there was almost no podcast this week. You know, I was like a a, a cricket player. I was given right up until ball one to prove my fitness. Otherwise, that would have been that. We'll see you for, for the second test, brother. Okay. But it's weird not having a voice when you're a talkative piece of shit like me. Because so many times I was thinking of You know what I'm like, guys. I mean, everybody knows what I like. I I think of hilarious quips. I think of zingers, okay? Do I think of them or are they, am I merely a vessel from which God transports zingers through me, okay? I've always said that, guys. I'm not a comedian. I'm a vessel for the Lord above. So, I got the great man upstairs sending me nonstop zingers. I'm in the kitchen with Marky and Rowan. They're telling stories about their day. I'm loaded to the brim with zingers and I just didn't, I just didn't say any of them because I didn't have a voice, you know, I was, I was, the vessel has been derailed. I don't know if vessels come on wheels. I don't really 100% know what a vessel is. I think it's a cup, but whatever, dude, there was a hole in the cup. Okay. And then, you know, those quotes where they're always like, don't, you, don't say anything unless you're sure you won't regret it or the real man says less or don't say anything that isn't 100% needed. I think all that stuff is bullshit, dude, okay? I'd rather just say whatever I want when I want. And this is the first week where I there's been times where there's been things I wanted to say and I didn't say them. And do you know what, guys? Nothing happened, okay? I thought the whole world was going to continue spinning based on the fact that I was giving my thoughts and or feelings in the form of zingers at any one time. But this week I stopped doing that and guess what? We're all still alive. So maybe, just maybe, I don't have to verbalize every single thought I've ever had. But at the same time, then there wouldn't be this podcast and I wouldn't be ripping it up to 87 people in Adelaide. So you know what I mean? You take the good with the bad. I miss my ex-girlfriend. My voice is a little deeper this week. It's all happening, okay? It is all happening, dude. But anyway, few retractions off the rip. Uh, obviously, guys, it's, I pretty aggressively told everyone to bet on Jamie Malarkey last week. UFC fighter Jamie Malarkey, the hooligan, Australian hero. I use terms such as free money. I use terms as such as can't lose. And... Here's the thing, guys. 
is that I can only deal with the information I've got. Once again, I'm not a betting genius. I am merely a vessel through which these tips come. Okay, zingers and tips. It's all I've got. And I see Jamie Malarkey's opponent drops out with two days to go. They get a new guy from a place called Tajikistan, which I honestly thought wasn't a real country. I thought some bloke in there has had an absolute mare. Maybe his first opponent was Afghanistan. His new opponent was Turkish. And they've just, you know, some bloke's a bit hungover in the UFC head office. And he's just had an absolute bingle and made up a new country. So now I'm thinking this guy's come in on two days notice. He's paying $4.10 or something. They can't even get his country right. I'm thinking this guy's a bum. He's an absolute can. Okay. Jamie Malarkey was paying $1.20. The hooligan is never paying so little. And he looked unbelievable in his last fight. Anyway, for anyone that's not aware, the hooligan was viciously knocked out. Okay. He dropped his hands for a second. This guy from Tajikistan, like I said, I wasn't aware it was a real country, but my God, they're real, okay? Ask Jamie Malarkey's chin how how real Tajikistan is, my Lord. So apologies there, you know? Again, I can only deal with the information dealt to me. Do you want me to come out and say, oh, everyone bet on this guy from Tajikistan? He's paying $4.10 and he's taking this fight on 36 hours notice? Okay, he's got to get a passport sorted from a country that doesn't even exist. You want me to say everyone come bet on this guy? He's never even it was he was on debut in the UFC. Like this is just <laughs> it's tough sledding with these UFC tips, you know. And anyway, <laughs> so JB Balaki knocked out, knocked out cold, and I turn on the fight. So I had a massive weekend, which we'll get into. That's how I lost my voice. And I turn on the fight Sunday morning and I swear to God, Michael Bisping, the commentator, says, Jamie Malarkey, like straight on to the Malarkey fight, he says, Jamie Malarkey is in control of this fight. He's in control, guys. I'm thinking beautiful, free money. Anyway, it was my fault. I, I made the mistake of blinking, okay? You know, you hear a, an Australian man is in control of a fight I thought, sorry, let me just hydrate my eyeballs for half a second here. I've, I've had fucking 27 schooners and the rest of it. I'm on the back end of two of, the, two of the more aggressive nights out on the East Coast we've ever seen. Let me just take 0.2 of a second to hydrate my eyeballs here, Michael Bisping, okay? And anyway, I'm not sure what happened in the time it took me to move my eyelids down and back up, but the hooligan was face down on the canvas, okay? So, tough sledding. He was the cornerstone of my multis, and that's tough, okay? The next fight, I bet on this Brazilian chick, and I'll admit, me and Maka got in a bingle because I bet on the wrong Brazilian chick, but whatever. Dude, here's the thing. Not only did the Brazilian chick in the next fight lose... She may never walk again. Like this, this knee, this knee bar type situation, dear God, you know, and I'm not good with knee stuff. I don't like blood that much, and I, but I hate knee stuff, okay? I, mean, I was like a meter away from a guy who got his ACL blown off one day at soccer, and I saw like a 34-year-old man like crying, like it was wild. And dude, knee stuff just always looks fucked. 
And dude, this chick pulled for a knee bar and then she didn't tap in time and her knee like went sideways in a real bad way. And that's the thing with the UFC is that, okay, I get it. I was wrong. All right. I was wrong. But it's like fucking hell. Did you have to cripple her to the point where she may never fight again? You know, I get it. I picked the wrong fighter. Dude, when they were reading out who won, the referee, she, the the lady who lost, couldn't even stand next to the referee because like, she, she had to be carried out of the octagon. It's like, can't you just beat her without ruining her life and career? I get it. I picked the wrong fighter. You know what I mean? It's like if you bet on Australia to win the World Test Championship and not only did they lose, but five of the top six batsmen may never walk again. That's how badly we lost, okay? They're all just getting, just half the Aussie test team is just getting stretched off and Vera Coley's just there going, yeah, we followed the game plan. We knew they'd be tough, but yeah, obviously all respect to them as Steve Smith is literally on oxygen. That's how aggressively I was wrong over the weekend, okay? So whatever, dude, I apologize and that's that. So that sounded really emotional when I said, I apologize, <laughs> I think my voice is going to break a few times in this episode. If if you think, is this guy fucking crying right now? I'll let you know if I am, okay? Traditionally, unless I'm talking about cricketers who have died well before their time, I, I shouldn't cry on this episode. I, I know what's to come as far as the topics. It should be all pretty straightforward. If you think I'm about to cry, I'll let you know if I am. And if I am crying during this episode for some reason, maybe shoot me a message on Instagram, guys, because that shouldn't be happening, okay? But anyway, speaking of the UFC, I have delved back into reality television this week. Super exciting. I like to watch maybe two to three episodes of a reality TV show a year. Uh, Traditionally, it's Love Island with Macca and Adzi. But unfortunately, once Macca had slept with one of the contestants from, from Love Island, he became so lippy. And so arrogant whenever Love Island was on the telly that I simply could not be around him anymore, okay? Picture the smuggest bloke you've ever seen in your life and then somehow up the smugness. You know how like when you're starting like one of those role-playing games where you're like a wizard and shit and you can pick your character's attributes? Imagine you put smugness up to the maximum amount. And then you typed in some cheat code so you could get like 200% smugness. And then also, he, he's high and drunk. That's what I'm dealing with trying to watch Love Island, sitting next to this piece of shit, you know? Where, like, it's just relentless, okay? It's absolutely relentless. So, my Love Island days are over, but I've started watching The Ultimate Fighter, which is the UFC's reality show. I've never watched it before because, I don't know, it's never come up, really. Even when Alex Volkanovsky was the coach on one of the seasons, I still didn't watch it. It just didn't seem, I don't know. I got mates who absolutely love the UFC and no one no one was watching it. No one brought it up to me. So this year I'm watching it because Conor McGregor is the coach against Michael Chandler. And honestly, I would watch anything where you just get to see Conor McGregor prance around just running his Irish mouth. There's absolutely nothing better. Dude, the first scene, he comes in. The funniest thing about this series as well is it's well known that he's on steroids the whole time to heal his leg up and also because he was in the new Roadhouse film. And here's the thing, dude. I don't care what USADA says or whatever anti-doping officials are out there. 
if I'm starring in a film across from Jake Gyllenhaal and Jake Gyllenhaal is on the gear, mate, I'm not turning up across from Jake Gyllenhaal, not on performance enhancers, okay? This is Hollywood. Get your head out of the sand. Chris Hemsworth's not up in Byron Bay eating bananas, doing push-ups. He's injecting himself with needles, okay? And I don't want to rip on Chris Hemsworth. I'm sure he's an extremely hard worker. And one day I do hope to share a beer with him or the second most relevant Hemsworth. But regardless, dude, this Ultimate Fighter show, it's pretty funny. Conor McGregor just rolls in in a three-piece suit. Michael Chandler is in just like a Ultimate Fighter singlet. He looks like a fucking PE teacher, you know? He's completely outgunned from the match. Like, Conor McGregor, first thing he goes, have I told you what weight class we're going to fight at? Because they fight each other at the end of the show. That's the exciting thing. All these contestants come in to fight. McGregor coaches one team. Chandler coaches the other. And then one of those guys wins a UFC contract. And then at the very end, Conor McGregor fights Michael Chandler. It's very exciting, okay? And Conor McGregor comes in and goes, oh, have you, have you heard what fight, what weight class we're going to fight at? And Chandler's like, I'll do any weight class. And McGregor's, McGregor's just like bursting out of this three-piece suit, just walking around. He's like, you'll do what you're told. And Chandler's just like, you know when like a guy's just too nice to deal with someone? Like you can tell that Michael Chandler wants to talk some shit back, but- you know, he's like a Christian boy from Nashville. You know, there's nothing in the, in the New Testament that teaches you how to how to deal with a roided up Irishman who is also a billionaire. Okay, Jesus did not cover this in in the in the gospel according to John. Okay, you know, it was all about freaking feeding the poor. There was nothing about how to deal with a roided up billionaire who is walking around you in circles, just insulting you for no reason. You've never even met him before, okay? So it's very Michael Chandler is really outgunned, and it's an interesting series of the Ultimate Fighter. It is rookies versus veterans. So basically, it's guys who aren't good enough to be in the UFC yet versus guys who've been in the UFC and weren't good enough and got kicked out. So it's a real who's who of who gives a fuck. It's exciting stuff. Uh, all the washed-up UFC guys... It's like they all got like, you know, they all got knocked out and then got kicked out of the UFC. And like the guy fighting each week, two of the contestants fight. And the the veteran guy in the first episode, he's fighting. He goes, yeah, in my last fight, I fought Baja Mondes. I thought, Baja Mondes, where do I know that guy from? I don't, I go, that's ringing a bell, Baja Mondes. Who is that? And then they flash to it. Bahamandes, it was like maybe KO of the year in 2021. Will kick, walk off KO. This guy was stiff, completely unconscious. And now this guy is back in the US, is back in the Ultimate Fighter after getting absolutely his soul taken by some Chilean man named Bahamandes. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But like any reality show, a lot of sob stories, okay? Guys, I don't want to spoil the show for anyone, but it's... <laughs> I don't want to spoil the Ultimate Fighter, but I, I just a heads up, just a heads up that hey guys, I don't, and again I'm sorry to spoil this for anyone. Pretty much every man in this in this show is from a broken home, and get this guys, they're also fighting for their families. 
So again, sorry to spoil the show, but yeah, a lot of sob stories. It's it's just it's so funny because they're like cage fighters, but also it's exactly like the voice. It's so funny. Like they're like first first fight, they're like Roosevelt someone versus Nate Jenneman. Both guys are just like, my dad left when I was three. Um, you know, my kids are all I have. I'm doing this for them. Like, if I don't win this show, I'm just going to kill myself. Like, it's just so brutal. Like, what is it with reality shows? They've obviously done some sort of psychological testing where it's like sob stories get the most ratings. But can't someone just rock up to The Voice and just be like, hey, guys, I'm just here to sing because I enjoy it. And you know what? Outside of The Voice, I do not have many mental health problems. Uh, my mom and my dad love me. Uh, I have a good friendship group. I actually work in marketing and I really enjoy it. Um, once again, just here because I enjoy singing. Be pretty cool to be a singer for, for a career. That's what I thought. And I'm a really good singer and I like it. So that's why I'm here, just to give it a go. And if this doesn't work out, this is going to be just fine, okay? No worries here whatsoever. Just here to give it a crack. You know, it's always people like... You know when people just... I hate it when they burst into tears before they've, they've even said the thing that is like so emotionally charged for them. Like on The Voice, I feel like Delta Goodrum will be like, hi, how are you? And some like 43-year-old guy just is like on the ground sobbing immediately, you know, just immediately sobbing. And it's the same thing with The Ultimate Fighter. They're like, what do you want to get out of this competition? And it's like, mate, just say a UFC contract. Instead, they're like, I want to be able to look my six-year-old son in the eye. I want to be able to look him in the eye and say, hey, kid, you're proud of your pops. And they're all like 23 with four kids. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, lads, you know? Can't someone just be in here because they enjoy throwing hands? Is that too much to ask? <laughs> so then, oh my God. So, and it's, it's a great show. Like McGregor is just straight in there sparring with everyone like it's awesome just watching a roided up mcgregor throw hands just screaming at him but here's the thing dude so <laughs> first episode they tee it off you got two guys where we've just had two 20 minute packages about how broken their home was they came from how they it's like one of the guys is like my dad left when i was like one the other guy's like my dad left before i was conceived somehow as he was walking out the door, he like threw semen at my mum, and that's how I was conceived. He said, fuck off. <laughs> like, it's like just, it's like they're vying for the most fucked up childhood. Of course, they've, they both are, are financially unstable, but don't let that stop you from having six kids, lads. Dude, Nate Jenneman, the rookie, he literally, he's got like the three kids. He literally has a three legged dog. Like, even his dog is a fucking battler, you know? It's like these guys are trying to be poor. It's like, oh my God, I'm not a fucking, you know, I don't want to be like a, a snob when it comes to adopting dogs. I don't want to be like holier than thou. But if I'm going to the pound and I'm rescuing a dog, bare minimum four legs. Bare fucking minimum. This thing needs to have four legs. Okay? I don't I don't know if that makes me like a, a rich piece of shit or whatever. But it's like this guy, we do a 20-minute package on how his dad was never there. His kids are all he has. His three-legged dog is trying to get up the stairs. And he's like, I'm doing this for my three-legged dog, man. I want to buy him a fourth leg. Oh, my God. It's so uncomfortable. So now we've got this situation where both men have said, like, 
They need this for their family and this is their last chance at being a provider. And what happens? Well, I'll tell you what happens. Nate Jenneman, who has a three-legged dog and no hope, gets knocked out in eight seconds. Eight seconds flat. He looked like shit in there, guys. Now this guy, his family is not going to eat this winter. He's been knocked out in eight seconds flat. And the episode just finishes on him just it just crying so aggressively in the dressing room. And you're thinking, fucking hell, dude. His, his kids and his family have got to watch this, you know? Honestly, if that guy has topped himself, I'm not saying that is the best option for him. That's a pretty dark thing to suggest, okay, guys? How about you guys back off and give Nate Gentleman a break? He gave his all in there, okay? But I'm just saying that, honestly, that's tough to come back from. That is tough to come back from, dude. So reality TV, whether it's cage fighting, singing, or making some beautiful morsels on MasterChef, it's all the same, dude. But anyway, so big week, big weekend. So I lost my voice over the weekend. Basically, I was losing my voice last week a bit, and then I did my hour show on Friday. Thanks to everyone who came to my Sydney Encore show, by the way. Sold out, super fun. Great times, had Rowan and Pat on, so that was a a great time for everyone and absolute session afterwards. I'll get into it with Rowan next week. No Rowan this week because we usually record on Mondays or Tuesdays. I mean, I I would have even recorded with with Rowan on the Wednesday, but I literally had no voice. This is like the best I've got um, all week, so we'll sort that out. But yeah, big session. uh, afterwards, me and Rowan in Bondi with Pat and everyone. Get into that next week. And then uh, Saturday. All right. Now, this is this is pretty egregious for me, okay? I'd just like to get out in front of this next one. On Saturday, I went on a date with a local woman, okay? Obviously, fantastic. Say la vie, as they say. But here's the thing, dude. And this is just... I don't know if I've lost touch with what is acceptable in society or if I'm just, I don't know if it will, logistically, there was no other option, but still I'm not, I'm not justifying what I did. On Saturday, I went on a date with a girl at the, at a local pub and I took a backpack with me. Okay. Now I'd just like to give some context to why I did this. I had to go to my parents' place back on the Northern beaches straight after the date. I didn't have time to go back to my, my beautiful terrace and sort of get get the supplies I needed because then I had pre's at my mum and dad's for this 21st, uh, a mate's 21st, back on the northern beaches, okay? Now, I would not advise anyone do this, okay? The date was going great. It was honestly going unbelievably. Maybe it was going pretty good. I don't want to over-talk how well it was going, but it was going, okay? However it was going, you cannot change the fact that it was in fact going, and dude, so maybe an hour, hour and a half, we're chatting away, you know, I'm maybe making a few zingers, getting to know each other, etc. And then she goes, oh, let's go to this table over here in the smoking area or whatever, or it was in the sun or something. And I go, no worries. And then as I go to get up, I go, oh no, because I got to the pub before her, the backpack has been under the table the whole time. And when I told Rowan I was taking a backpack, he was like, you have to get to the pub first, okay? 
You can't be rolling in with the backpack like two straps over your shoulder like it's your fucking first day of year seven, okay? If that's how you're going to roll into a date, turn around and fucking leave, okay? You've wasted her time. You've wasted your own time. You've wasted the venue's time with your recklessness. So, dude, first hour and a half, the backpack is under the table and she's none the wiser, okay? And then we go to change tables and I go, oh no, you know, it's like, it's, it's like you, you just, something's gone wrong in year four. Like you've just got that sinking feeling. And I go, I go, just don't address it. I pull the backpack, backpack out from under the table and mate, the look on her face wasn't good. It wasn't good. Okay. It really wasn't good at all. And I tried to play it off, you know, me old jokes to Billy D. I was zigging, I was zagging, but there's there's no way to really spin this one. And she was like, oh my God. And I was like, I was like, no, so don't you, you don't understand. So I've got to go to my parents' place after this. And like logistically, I was I had the bus timetables up and everything. I was like, so you can see the 271 only comes once every every 45 minutes on Saturdays. And if I leave here at at five, I've got to wait for the 6.30. So if I go home, I had Google Maps up. You know, I, I brought a whiteboard into the beer garden. I had fucking pins and shit going everywhere. Oh, it was not good, guys. It was not good at all. She said she got the ick. I, I apologize then. I apologize now, okay? Then, like, when I was going to get the next round, I was like, well, you know, if you if you still like me after the backpack, you'll know it's real. Ha, 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 ha. And then she was like, yeah, ha, ha, And I'm just in the bar going, oh, God, you blew it. You've blown it, Das, you know? Why'd you bring a backpack? I should have just, because I needed clothes for the next day. That was the other thing. I had a family lunch on the Northern Beaches uh, on Sunday. So I needed a change of clothes and a toothbrush and stuff. I was thinking I should have just gone to this family lunch, just reeking of BO. That would have, I would rather burn my family than this girl. You know, I'm not trying to get with my fucking auntie, am I? You know, I should have just, I should have just burned the family, not taken the backpack. I should have just bought new clothes. I should have just driven to the mall Sunday morning and bought a whole new outfit and showered at the beach or something. You know, I sh- th- anything. I, there were so many options I had on the table. So anyway, I've seen that girl again since. So, I mean, God bless her. She's got to be one of the most tolerant human beings on the planet, okay? I don't, de- I don't deserve uh, this sort of leeway. But uh, yeah, for anyone who's thinking about taking supplies on a date or taking a backpack, taking a bag of any kind, ugh. Don't do it. It's not worth it, okay? And you think they won't care, but I'm telling you, it's not good. You know, you ever tried to give, give a girl a kiss goodbye at the end of a date with a fucking backpack on? I tell you what, the lead in is a bit harder at that point, lads, hey? Try to lead in with a with a freaking <laughs> with a backpack on because you're going for a sleepover at your parents' place. Try leaning in after that. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Anyway, my Lord. Not good. Not good at all. Anyway, so then I've got this 21st on the Northern Beaches, mate of mine. Um, I have pre's with, it's like a family friend. So like have pre's with my sister and a few of our other friends. Great times, great classic hits. Um, one of the lads is dating a girl from Austin. You know, I go, Austin, oh my God, I've been there. You know, when someone's from where you've been and you're like, way, start swapping stories. And then, so anyway, we go to this 21st. And you know, when, when it's like a family friend, you don't know their friends. So we roll in dude. And it's like project X. I'm like, Oh my God, 
it's one of those and i've smoked a jazz cigarette on the way there so it's one of those things where i've misread the vibe you know it was like when um we went to rick's in brisbane and it was like sorry i didn't realize it was sort of a byo stimulants type thing it was just it was like project x dude big dj decks cranking absolutely cranking this party it was just skullets and stimulants as far as the eye could see okay so yeah i misread the vibe but i'm getting in there i love going to parties where you don't know anyone because it's a clean slate okay now anyway i'm milling around i'm chatting to everyone i'm getting a lot of uh i'm getting a lot of like uh oh it's the tiktok guy um i spent a lot of the night um telling people what will give is really like in real life okay that was what it was what a lot of my night looked like um just a lot of 21 year old guys being like have you met the inspired unemployed i'm like yeah yeah they're like are they good blokes mate i go boys they're really good blokes and and these guys like yeah i could tell mate i could tell mate you could tell they're genuine brother you could tell they're genuine blokes they're just they're just normal blokes mate and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're all, like, everyone's just frothing on Will Gibbon, the inspired unemployed. And uh, anyway, so, oh yeah, so milling around the party, having a lot of fun. Oh yeah, so I was in the garage. And I feel like the garage was where, where like all the cool kids were, you know? Like it was like the hottest chicks and the most dangerous guys. And I thought, well, obviously I'm dangerous and I'm hot. So what am I doing? Okay, deal me in. And... You know, I wasn't um, mingling that hard, but I was mingling pretty hard as well. So I love to mingle and I'm chatting this one bloke and uh, I hate to get so blue, but someone had just left out a phone on the coffee table with like like a bit of Dexy on there or something, like a line of Dexys or something. And it's pretty weird behavior to just leave a line out, I think. But anyway, whatever, to each their own. And I don't know how these boys roll. Okay, maybe there's such a such a beautiful sense of trust within this friendship group that they just leave valuable stuff lying around. Anyway, so I start chatting to this bloke and he's like, he's like, rah, 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 really good guy. And he's like, oh, Bill, you've got to get into, get into a bit of this Dexy, mate. And I go, oh, isn't that someone else's? He's like, nah, don't worry about it. Who cares? I go, okay. Tiniest amount of Dexys ever. So I lick that off, you know, a bit of, give myself a bit of a buzz. I, I've been smoking jazz cigarettes, trying to keep up with these kids on scullets who are just loaded to the brim with stimulants. Okay, I needed some performance enhancers. So I, I lick this phone. I think, oh, how good's that? Who cares? He's like, don't worry about it, mate. Who cares? I go, you're right, who cares? So I lick that. I put the phone back down. We return to our conversation. Literally, 0.1 of a second later, this guy comes in. Who the fuck just took that line? Who was it? Who the fuck was it? Just going absolutely fucking nuts. And I'm like, oh man, there's no way I'm putting my hand up here. Like this guy is like ready to swing, brother. You know, I'm not in for like throwing hands. Yeah, I'm here to smoke jazz cigarettes and chill the fuck out, brother. You know, it's my weekend too. I'm not, I'm not throwing hands in front of all these hot chicks and dangerous guys in the garage. I'll get flogged, okay? And this guy was furious, dude. And then, honestly, this guy was like, he was like, who the fuck was it? Like, he wouldn't let it go. He's like, show me your face. Who are you? Like, he's like going fucking nuts, dude. And then I go, fucking hell. I got to get out in front of this, okay? Because if I leave this another five minutes, this guy's going to be so angry. It's just going to be, it's going to be on. So I go, and also, I'm thinking that like, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like... 
what am I trying to say here? I'm thinking, you know, this guy's not so angry that he's just going to punch me as soon as I admit to it. But I think in about five minutes, he might be. Okay, so that's what I'm trying to get across here. So I'm thinking, let me get out in front of this and just sort of, his anger is rising. Let me just get out in front, admit to it, and we'll just, you know, let him calm down. I go, honestly, I go, mate, wow. Number one fool over here. I said, my hand's up. Jesus. Oh, boy. You know when someone's so angry, you just go in with no anger at all to try and calm them down? I go, wow, brother. <laughs> Jeez, do I feel silly, hey? Watch out. Number one clown over here, hey? Watch out, guys. Local idiot, Billy Darcy, puts his foot in it again. Oh, boy. And then I go, mate, that was me. I go, honestly, mate, I thought that was up for grabs. I apologize, okay? I go, honestly, mate, I feel I feel foolish. This guy is so angry and so furious that I immediately just bail and blame the guy who told me to do it. Uh, he's like, why would you do it, mate? Why the fuck would you take my line? And I go, honestly, brother, this guy right here told me to do it. He's a piece of shit. He's selfish. I honestly don't like him. What are we going to do about it? Okay. I immediately push it out, guys. Immediately. I am a bitch and a coward. Okay. I could not have like... I want to say I admit to doing the line and then point one of a second later when this guy's going nuts, I'm like, this guy right here, brother, let's flog him together. Okay. <laughs> horrific. Absolutely horrific. Anyway, so then dude, this guy is like this poor kid who I've thrown under the bus, even though he did tell me to do it. But also, dude, I'm 28, you know, like, come on, come on, Bill, like t- take responsibility for your own actions, you know? But I'd smoked, a jazz, I'd smoked too many jazz cigarettes to get in an altercation, okay? I was honestly terrified of this kid. And, dude, it was so funny because, like, he was so angry. And then he starts blowing up at the bloke. And I'd, I just start doing the Homer Simpson through the hedge, you know, just stepping back. And anyway, my sister is there. My sister is just crying laughing. And this bloke makes this kid transfer him 30 bucks for these, like, two skerricks of Dexy that were on this phone. And they're like... They're both so fucked up and they keep getting the account numbers wrong. They're like six four three two one. No, it's three two two. Oh shit, I'm sorry, mate. And then like they he transfers him 30 bucks. My sister's like crying, laughing. I'm like, shut up. This kid's gonna flog us all, you know? You ever like you ever like <laughs> you ever seen a guy just so coked up, you're just like, man, this guy's capable of anything right now. And uh, oh man. So then it's time to do the speeches at this 21st. And they're like, oh, Bill, could you, like at this family, like they're like good friends of mine in this family. And so I would have done like a little speech at their 21st, like very minimal, just introduce the dad traditionally. And then they're like, Bill, you're right to sort of host the speeches again. I go, no worries, you know, what's the worst that could happen? I go, all I got to do is go up there and just say, hey, everyone, we're just going to do some speeches. And then I introduce the dad, job done, okay? And anyway, guys, wow. Wow. Oh, Jesus Christ, I regret saying yes to that. <laughs> oh boy, man. It was it was such an abrasive crowd, my Lord. Like, and also my voice was like kind of gone from the night before. So maybe I wasn't able to control the crowd as well as I should have with a full a full set of octaves. But my God, dude, um, like I think I was booed at one point. I don't know if I was booed or if that's like PTSD, but like multiple people were like, get off the stage. Everyone was talking. I was just trying to get them to stop talking. And everyone was just talking. So it's like 120 people. And so I was trying to get them to stop talking. I was trying to razz them a bit. You know, I was like trying a couple of jokes, nothing. Then they're like, get off the stage. Like, 
shut the fuck up, like this sort of stuff. I'm like, oh my God. And now I'm like aggressively kind of bombing and like also getting like abused by like 120 coked up tradies. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. And But now I'm in this situation where I'm like, well, I can't just bring the dad up to this, you know? This is, that'd be a poor hosting duty. So I'm just taking bullets, just like kind of high and drunk, just getting screamed at by these kids. I'm like, my God. It's one of those things at 21st where it's like, why can't people just ever? And and this is not a, um, uh, I'm not having a go at this particular 21st. This is every single 21st I've ever been to. And I've been to, you know, probably 30, 40 or whatever. Every single 21st, why is it so hard to just get people to be quiet for like seven minutes, okay? And anyway, it's so funny because all these, everyone at a 21st would be terrified to do a speech. And then one of their mates gets up who's equally as terrified and they just talk through it. So it's one of those things. It's it's always the case at 21st. So now I'm just getting, they're all like, shut up, get off the stage, you piece of shit. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I'm like, I can't bring the dad up to this. I'm not sending my mate to the wolves like this, okay? Billy Darcy doesn't host like that. We, you know, I'm in the trenches for my boys. So my God, I get pretty much booed off. Um, (laughs) So that's good. Good to just fit an extra bomb into the week. Um, They do the speeches. One of the lads did his speech up on chat GPT, which I thought was pretty crafty. You know, there's no university markers here. So that was pretty good. Um, Chat GPT, I got to say, if Chat GPT does your speech up for you, it's going to be pretty emotional. Okay, that was the vibe on the on the Chat GPT speeches, but yeah, it was good, really good, really fun night. I spent the rest of the night in the corner just rolling up jazz cigarettes because I was pretty sure everyone at the party wanted to kill me. Okay, <laughs> I was not well received on stage, <laughs> but my God, what a fun night! And it's so fun when you're like your family's there. Like my mum was there till like two a.m. Dad made it till 9.30, um, so good effort from him. He was supposed to be security on the door. I rock up at like 8.30. He's like maybe the blindest bloke at the party, nowhere near the front door. He 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 ran away from his responsibilities almost immediately. But then again, it's his Saturday night too. So then, yeah, and then went home. I had like a hostel experience at my house because, you know, like the house isn't the house I grew up in. All the bedrooms have changed. So mum's like, this is the spare room now. Like your bedroom's like a sex dungeon. I'm like, what the hell? She's like, shut up. And then so I went to bed in this like new spare bedroom. And then I must have slept walked in the middle of the night. I woke up on the couch like freezing. And I couldn't remember which room was which. So I just slept on the couch. And then I woke up and turned the television on just as Jamie Malarkey was knocked out cold. So plenty going on. What a weekend. And yeah, that's that dude. And that's how, yeah, that's how I lost my voice. Because then I had a family lunch on Sunday and, you know, the Darcy's were a loud family. Then I hung out with some friends Sunday night and then Monday, zilch, zero voice, okay? So here we are. Legends, this podcast, as always, is brought to you by our mates at Manscaped. Calling all men. It's time to mind your manholes with Manscaped. Everyone's aware by now that nose hairs are a major turnoff. And honestly, mate, if you're not aware of that, I can't help you, okay? If you're not aware that nose hairs are a turnoff, I can't help you, okay? But if you're not, and even if you are, Manscaped are here with the Weed Whacker 2.0. With improved blades and motor, you can feel the power of nasty nose hair annihilation in the palm of your hands. 
This improved Weed Whacker can now be found in their Performance Package 4.0 for no additional cost. Save money and attack your nose and ear hairs by going to manscaped.com and using code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals for 20% off and free shipping. You know, I've been using the nose hair trimmer, got the new one they sent over, and I mean, the old one was sick as well. I had no issues with the old one, but then the new one is somehow even better. So smashing it out helps you breathe better as well. I don't. They don't even say that that's one of the benefits, but I think it is, you know? Obviously, like now, don't have to worry about the beautiful oxygen going through all this crazy nose hair, you know? At least that's what Rowan said. You know, Rowan had so much nose hair. I mean, I've pretty much changed this kid's life with the weed whacker. My God, he's seen colors and shit again now. But anyway, it is it is a sensational product. And our friends over at Manscaped are helping you enjoy spring's fresh air by using the Weed Whacker 2.0 on all your face hole hair. Like I said, we love the Weed Whacker 1.0. We loved it. But this thing is an absolute upgrade. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker 2.0 uses a powerful 7,000 RPM motor with an improved steel blade system that upgrades the cutting performance from their first generation to better whack your weeds. Plus, this nose and ear trimmer comes with skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs. It's also cordless, rechargeable, and has a battery with up to 45 minutes of runtime. All of this can be found in the Platinum Package 4.0 and the Performance Package 4.0. So no matter what kit you pick, you will receive the new Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear trimmer. It's time to level up your groom game, lads. And anyway... Like I said, to save 20% off and free shipping. Once again, that is 20% off and free shipping. Use the code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. From below to up top, get the best in grooming at Manscaped Shop. Okay, up next, some exciting news. And this broke on like Monday. I wasn't able to cover it. I would love to have been boots on the ground for this. And I guess it's turned out not to be true anyway. But Braith and Asta was apparently leading the way to be the next Bachelor. Now, if, you, if you're from a non-NRL state, just know that Braith and Asta is the sortiest ex-rugby league player of all time. Okay? If I had a choice between Sonny Bill Williams and Braith and Asta, like it's Braith and Asta six days a week and twice on a Sunday. Okay? He is so sorty. His hairline is so undefeated. He, the salt and pepper in his hair is just something to behold, okay? He's a television host. He's a player agent. Uh, he's on a poster above my bed. And yeah, wow, just such a sort. And this is, this is arousing news to just, to just get on a Monday, you know? And I don't know why they haven't done this more with like ex-sporting players. Like, I feel like, the problem with Braith is they didn't get him because Braith is doing well, you know? It's like, uh, I remember Rove McManus, sorry, this is a bit of a sidebar, but I remember I was speaking to this comedian who went on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And and Rove McManus, this is when I'm a celebrity, get me out of here first came out. And it was like pretty sick money, I think. I don't think they make much anymore, you know? because no one really watches commercial television. But when the first season, it was like big money. Like I think Warney got crazy money to go on there. And Rove McManus said he got asked to do it, but he never would. And this comedian I was talking to was saying that 
Rove can say that because Rove's made a mozza, okay? You get to have, you know, principles when you're rich, which I know most rich people traditionally don't. But yeah, when you got a mill in the bank, you don't have to go on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And that's the thing is they couldn't get Braith because Braith is doing too well, okay? He's like a hugely successful player agent and he's like one of the, he must be on like a mill at Fox Sports. He hosts NRL 360. He does like Super Saturdays. Um, he's so good looking. So that's a pay rise. And yeah, so you can't you can't get someone who doesn't need the money. I think they offered him 500K to be The Bachelor and he turned it down. Dude, honestly, I want to get offered a massive, massive FM radio contract, half so I can turn it down. And then I want to contact news.com.au and put out the word that Billy Darcy turned down 400 grand, okay? Just because I think that'd just be so cool, you know? People will be like, can you believe that guy turned down 400 grand? Now, obviously, this is a weird hypothetical because I would never turn down 400 grand, ever. <laughs> but I think that'd just be such a boss move, especially if you're like not even like rich. Dude, if, if you're not even rich and it's like Billy Darcy... Billy Darcy, like imagine I'm still working at like a day job and I turned down like 350K. That's renegade shit, dude, okay? But anyway, so Braith and Asta, they couldn't get him, but they should go for more ex-sports stars. You know, I'm thinking like, you know, Sean, the wild thing, Tate, you know, Nathan Bracken, you know, these sort of guys, I'm trying to think of some, you know, what are some other footy players who are like, maybe you got to get the ones who are like still hot, but, but didn't really find a career after footy. They're the ones you've got to go for. So they couldn't get Braith. Um, honestly, I didn't know Braith and Astor was single. Okay? That does explain the morning erections I've been having for the last three years. Um, I knew something was happening out there, but I couldn't put my finger on it. So that explains that. Honestly, when I heard Braith and Astor was going to be The Bachelor, my first thing, my mind goes straight to IT. Okay, I know what you're thinking. What? Why is this nerd thinking about IT when it comes to Braith and Asta being The Bachelor? Well, I immediately think the website is going to need an upgrade because it's not going to be able to handle all the applications, girls and guys, okay? It'll, it'll be like Taylor Swift tickets. The ticket master will just be like, we could not handle the traffic, okay? So I'm thinking, you've got to pay Braith 500K, but how many mil are we in for upgrading the website? We're going to need like a freaking you know, top, we're going to need Elon Musk to come in, okay? You know how Elon Musk, Elon Musk got called in when South Australia had no power? We're going to need him to come in to run the bachelor application process for Braith and Astor. We might have to go back to, to physical rock up, line up, and fill out your application form, you know? Because I just don't think our technology, I know AI is out, okay? I know AI is improving every day whatever that means. I just don't think technologically where we are at in 2023, I don't think we're at a place where we could build a website sturdy enough to withstand the traffic of all those applications. So yeah, honestly, I think it's probably for the best that Braith didn't take the job. Uh, does anyone really want to watch a series where Braith goes on a date with these girls and they're too nervous to talk to him? Is that, you know, traditionally you want to see a bit of flirting, a bit of banter. Do you want to see Braith shirtless on a beach sitting next to a wildly attractive 32-year-old woman who is breathing into a paper bag while he pats her on the back and says, it's okay, I'm just a person. I'm just a person like you. 
don't be nervous. And and she's literally like hyperventilating, okay? You know, he, he touches her on the back, she collapses. Now we have EMTs. You, you don't want to see this on like the romantic beach date, a woman getting revived by EMTs because Braith touched them on the back. Is that good television? I would argue maybe it's not, okay? And I don't know. I could see a, a, a rogue scenario where where Osha wins that series of The Bachelor. Even Osha wants to run in, you know? First episode, Braith hands out all his, all his roses and Osha just bursts into tears. And Braith's like, what's going on? And Osha's like, what, mate? I'm chopped liver to you? I'm nothing to you, you know? Even Osha's heartbroken at this point. So I reckon it'd be hilarious to like all like the all the married guys who are like maybe closeted by and then like he's all of a sudden heaps into The Bachelor. I don't know if that's a pretty niche thing, but I just think Braith is probably too hot for this show. Like the Honey Badger, mate, the Honey Badger went on. That was a bit of a laugh, mate. He's handsome. He's jacked up and handsome, but you know what I mean? The Honey Badger's doing a bit of boot scooting on the weekends, but it's... You know what I mean? It's it's at a freaking tolerable level, okay? Braith is too hot, you know? Braith is like, he's too hot, okay? I just think this is, we probably were flying a bit close to the sun here, you know? Plus, Braith and Asta has children. I don't know if he wants like his children seeing him get mounted by a Love Island bird on like a Tuesday night, okay? And here's the thing, mate. Like, you can't, like, there's always one chick on The Bachelor who goes, right, here's the deal. I'm just going to swing for the fences here. And they always get a bit further than they should because, you know, The Bachelor likes having his date where he goes, right, I got I got Janine and fucking Isabel over here. Strong connection with those two. I'm going to see where that goes. Then I've got Sarah over here who every time we go on a date uh, dry humps me. So I'm going to continue to have a bit of that as well, okay? So then it's like, does Braith really want his children seeing him get mounted by some chick from Love Island? And then his kids are going to school being like, oh, did anyone watch The Bachelor last night? Or people are saying that to them. And and then being like, yeah, my mum watches it every night and she, gets, she breathes real heavy when your dad takes his shirt off. That's weird, okay? That's weird. So I think they should do a, a series. If they do it with Braith, it should be all ex-wags, all wags from, from sport who've been divorced by their, their famous sports person. It turns out Braith actually dated Candace Warner a while ago. So... There you go. I mean, you know, probably I don't want to say anything too egregious there, but I'm sure you could make a joke about Candace Warner's list of partners. But anyway, uh, dude, I think honestly, Braith and Asta as The Bachelor, I think it's a great idea, but I think we probably flew too close to the sun and we're probably better for it, okay? So I don't know. Maybe get another ex-footy guy. Maybe we could get Wayne Carey to be the next Bachelor. Call it Royal Rumble, hey? That'd be a pretty full-on series. You have to air that at a later time slot. What a piece of shit that guy is. But anyway, I'll finish up here this week. A little bit lower energy this week while I nurse my beautiful voice. Um, I hope this was enjoyable. I've enjoyed this one, actually. And anyway, so the project for this week, the project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent, killing it here and abroad. And the camera's about to run out, but that's okay. New season of an Australian drama... It's called Love Me. Sorry, Love Me. And I know that sounds pretty dramatic. And guess what, guys? It is, okay? It's a dramatic drama. It's not that dramatic, but basically it's a it's a drama where it's the dad, the daughter, and the son, and they're all 
you know, guys, they're in love. Not with each other. It's not too weird. But they've all, you know, there's all sorts of stuff going on. And it's pretty bloody dramatic. People are either pregnant or infertile. Then they're then they're pregnant, then they're infertile again. Then they're married, then they're pregnant, then they're infertile. There's a lot going on, but I'll say this. It's a pretty bloody good watch. It looks good. The acting is top class. Hugo Weaving plays the dad. Um, I got to say, guys, it's a little bit uh, sexual at times. It's a little bit sexual. And basically, you got this kid. He's like 23, an absolute rooster. And he's in the odd sex scene. And that's quite tasteful stuff. His partners are very attractive. And that's great. Then you got um, the daughter. She's a bit older. She's about like 35 or something. Um, I don't want to speak out of school. She's maybe the hottest 35-year-old woman I've ever seen in my life, okay? Um, her partner, the bloke, is like the hottest guy ever. Get him on The Bachelor, Jesus Christ. And I think for diversity reasons, they made his parents like aggressively Korean. They're trying to put it that he's like half Asian or something. I don't think he is, okay? I'm sorry if he is half Asian, but I'm just saying that for, like he looks just not Asian at all. And then one episode, we met his parents and they were just so Korean. It was crazy. And they just never addressed it. So I don't know. Whatever, Whatever's happening there is up to them. And then you got the dad is Hugo Weaving and he's like 60-year-old partner. And I got to say, guys, if you are in the market to see Hugo Weaving in some pretty graphic sex scenes with a 60-year-old woman, this is the show for you, okay? I don't, I don't know what it is. And I think I'm just ageist, but I don't want to see like 65-year-old guys like root on a table, okay? But they put it in there anyway, and you know what? It's still a fantastic program. So plenty going on. I actually met the guy who plays the um, the son one time at a pub, and he said, hi. And I said, hi, I'm a big fan of your show. And he said, thank you. And, and that was the end of that. So I'm not sure if we really connected per se, but either way, it was a fantastic experience to meet him. And it's a fantastic drama. It's called Love Me. It's on Binge. It's Australian made. And, uh, and mate, Binge and Stan, um, they've got some good Australian originals coming out these days. And just bloody watch them, you know? I think you've got to get past that thing where, you know, the ABC makes fantastic programs, but they all, production-wise, they a lot of them feel the same. Whereas I think now, you know, you've got to get past that a bit where you see Australian drama you think, oh, it's either going to be an ABC thing or like a Channel 10 Doctor Doctor. Whereas, no, Binge and Stan, they're doing their own thing. It's high-quality production, Australian-made, fantastic Australian acting. Get out and see it. And um, me and Marky are watching it here, here at the pad. And my God, a lot of twists and turns, a lot of twists and turns, dude. And it's absolutely fantastic. So that is the podcast for this week. I know I say I never edit this thing and I traditionally don't. This thing is going out right now, okay? I'm going to press stop on this and press export on the computer and that'll be that. So if I don't think I said anything too weird in this one, but if I did, maybe message me about it and say, hey, Bill, you might have let one get through to the keeper here because you were going live and you went off on immigration for 11 minutes in the middle and it got pretty full on, mate, okay? It got pretty full on. So it's... <laughs> But anyway, bup, 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 okay, having trouble getting out of this one for whatever reason. Um, thank you for listening. Catch you next week. Oh, Rowan will be back next week. Sorry, Rowan was, wasn't on this week. It was my fault because I didn't have a voice, okay? And and you know what, guys? 
That reminds me, I'd like to get into the Aboriginal voice to parliament, if I could, for one second here. Let's get political, all right? Dude, I was saying to Marky, I would love to aggressively rebrand this podcast one day and just tell no one. Like one day I just put out an episode and it's just heaps serious about true crime and I do not address it even once. <laughs> all right, guys, that's enough podcasting, etc.